When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Nick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. Saw the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, what's going on, people? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 79. On this episode, we're going to be taking our talents to the South, talking NFC South teams and their fantasy outlooks. Of course, you got Eugene here. You can follow me at Twitter at FantasyGenes, that's G-E-N-E-S. And I got my other host with me, Ike. You can follow him at just underscore Ike09. How you doing today, bro? I got to correct you. It's now X. Although I haven't seen, you know, the, the full rebrand, but now whenever I'm sharing links in group chats, I'm seeing the X, but it still says Twitter.com. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure uh, Elon Musty is uh, is working on getting that uh, getting that uh, fully transitioned into the to the X, which is absolutely ridiculous. You're right because you can see the 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 icon, the uh, the logo when you go on a browser. You can see the random X. I'm just you look at it. And I'm just like, damn, what website is that? And then you got then you look down. You're like, oh, I'm on I'm on Twitter. Yeah, it's 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 it's, the, it's one of the more ridiculous things I've heard. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and i've seen uh yeah but but anyways i don't want to let's let's not uh let's not be be super depressing on this podcast about about <laughs> elon musk uh question questionable decisions ruining a, a, a an awesome platform yeah <laughs> we're still gonna use it regardless you know just you know we people hate change man you know yeah I, I don't give a shit what it's called as long as i'm able to still do the basic functions um yeah what we're doing on on that on that uh on that app is fine with me just don't me- don't mess don't mess it up any further that's all i yes. ask <laughs> um you know we've had a lot of uh you know things happening in the nfl we training camp a lot of the other teams are now reporting so we're pretty much here the dog days are over we can, now we're gonna hear how uh, this person got tweaked something or this person went on the publets or anything of that nature so um it's exciting it's exciting times training training camp highlights are, are upon us we already got a glimpse of a couple we saw the aaron Rodgers to garrett wilson connection in the back of the end zone sick catch by garrett wilson and so uh yeah that's that's just gonna get people excited we're gonna see adps start rising based off of a simple highlight or a simple clip so yeah this is this tis the season tis the season any uh, newsworthy material that you want to touch on before we start talking about these teams? Well, about an hour uh, ago, we well, I, I don't know if it's been an hour yet, but I think it might have. But we just we're recording this on uh, Tuesday night. We just saw the news of Justin Herbert getting his uh, getting his big contract from the Chargers. Five years, two hundred sixty-two million dollars, two hundred sixty-two and a half, excuse me, million dollars. Yeah. What, what, what does it say on the back right there? 
uh, so today is payday. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Definitely today. Today is payday for sure. There's a lot of people that got paid today. Uh, Saquon Barkley finally agreed with the Giants. Uh, but just real quick, going back, going back to the Justin Herbert uh, contract, 133.7, fully guaranteed, 193.7 million with the injury guarantee, and then it potentially gets up to 218.7 million guaranteed. So. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of a lot, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It yeah. is a lot. Highest of money. paid quarter, highest paid quarterback per year. Uh, he leaped over Lamar by two and a half million. So, you know, congrats to him. Highest paid player ever. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. But it seems like any any quarterback that's going to sign in this offseason is going to be the highest paid QB, highest paid player ever. It was first. It was Jalen Hurts at two fifty five over five. Then Lamar Jackson at two sixty over five. And now it's Justin Herbert. So I'm assuming Justin uh Joe Burrows, obviously Joe Burrow is next. He's gonna He's probably get around 270, 265, yep. 270, if I were to guess. And then a little bit more on guarantees. So each each quarterback that signs subsequently, they're gonna just try to one up the other or one up the previous deal. That's how the market yep. works. That's how the market's been going. And so, but yeah, uh, and then I mean uh, another interesting note about this deal. This now pushes down Patrick Mahomes to number eight in the NFL <laughs> QB pay per year. So it's Justin yeah. Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson are all ahead of uh, Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes still has nine years left on his deal. Nine. I wonder. Nine. I wonder how. I wonder if he really like is bothered by seeing all these people getting paid over him and just like, hey, I need to the. To you know, re- renegotiate this deal I just signed. I'm sure at some point he's gonna have to. I know he talks about, oh yeah, you know, it's not always about the money, but some point the NFLPA is probably gonna be like, hey, um, you know, you, you need to go and do your your due diligence for the rest of the for the rest of the quarterbacks in the in the market. So, I mean, I mean, I, I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him. He's got yep. the money and he's got the rings, and so. I think maybe next year, next offseason or an offseason two from now, he'll probably go back to the negotiating table to get a little bit more up front. Because I think he can – honestly, he can do what he wants. He can do whatever he wants. But his deal is so, I guess, quote-unquote, team-friendly. The Chiefs are still able to add decent decent players around him to continue to – in the window that they're in right now to continue to win, to continue to make Super Bowls every single year. So – I, I but but again I probably see him going to the negotiating table in the next couple of years. Yeah. Um but next is Saquon Barkley. That was the one that dropped this morning when I woke up. I saw a notification, all these breaking news alerts, sleeper, underdog, ESPN, yep. Twitter. <laughs> Saquon Barkley resigns. Like, oh. So he basically signed for the franchise tag plus two million plus about a million dollars in incentives. And then he he took the deal and the Giants still have the ability to to franchise tag him next year. And so what do you think about this uh, Saquon deal? Uh, you know, we knew he was we knew that he he didn't have no leverage, you know. He was going to go and sign. It's cute that he signed with the, you know, the million dollars worth of incentives, incentives that he's either done once in his career or done twice, so he has maybe a 50-50 shot to reach like 65 receptions or over 1300 yards or what what was the other one I think score a certain amount of touchdowns. And then on top of that, he gets some money if they make the playoffs again. So he's probably not going to see the full million, but he has a good chance of maybe 
maybe half of them. If he if he stays healthy, he can he can get at least half of those. So well, let's look, cool. let's look at those thresholds you just mentioned. So thirteen hundred yards, he did that last year, and he did that his rookie year. Yeah, uh, sixty five catches. He did. He had fifty seven last year. He had ninety one his rookie year, but I don't think he's eclipsed you know fifty nope. since then or, or outside of those two years. Um, and then you know I think he had ten touchdowns last year, and then his rookie year I think he had close to like fourteen or fifteen. A couple of you combine, you know, uh, r- rushing and receiving. So, uh, I mean, if if these are the incentives, if some of these, if these are the incentives, I think he's he he can get them. Sixty five catches. I think he can get sixty five catches. Um, it, for some strange yeah, reason, he, he he wasn't getting a, a, as much passing game usage. I think down the stretch last year, which is yep. weird. Didn't understand why why that was happening. But um, but yeah, I think he can easily get sixty five catches. He can get another thirteen hundred yards. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think he he can definitely get those. Yeah, like I said, it's it's possible. You know, you got a young emerging quarterback in Daniel Jones. They added a bunch of five nine, five ten wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. A lot of five nine, five ten receivers. Uh, so they're looking to get the ball out quick. So it potentially could could hinder him a little bit, but we'll see. You know, I know I say him, I say emerging a little loosely, but I mean he did he did improve from. This this previous season under the you know the tutelage of 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 the uh, of the coach you know so maybe he can he can continue to guide him in the in the right direction you know not to turn the ball over that much and you know get the ball out quickly and they're gonna they're gonna need more than fifteen touchdown passes I know that much they're gonna need yeah. more than fifteen touchdown passes out of him. <laughs> that that is for damn sure they're they're gonna they're gonna especially when other teams are gonna be more focused on Saquon and they're gonna be stuffing the box and the running games not gonna work Daniel Jones is gonna have to beat teams with his arm and. In the playoffs against Philly, they were just completely outmatched. They literally had no chance whatsoever. Their no offense chance. didn't have a prayer to to move the ball. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's good for Saquon. Josh Jacobs, on the other hand, he left Las Vegas and is not expected for camp. So don't know when he's going to come back. I think I saw a report where he where they said he's expected to be back before Week One, but he's just not going to be in camp. That remains to be seen. And they also said, uh, I also read a report about the whole Josh Jacobs in the parking lot uh, at the deadline was was all cap. <laughs> yeah, I figured because I was like, yeah, he's in the parking lot with with Crosby ready to sign the deal, this and that. I was like, I know I said it, but I'm like, I had to go back. I had to go relook that. I was like, yeah, he wasn't even in the vicinity of the stadium whenever they were trying to figure out that deal. Yeah, that you know, a lot of a lot, the media likes to make up stuff. And yeah. you know we we were we were victims. We fell victim to it, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Um, but other news, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people being placed on the pup list. Jonathan Taylor placed on the place on the pup list. Rashad Bateman placed on the pup list. Um, but you know, the one of the bigger ones that we noticed was uh, Kadarius Tony actually having surgery on that knee tweak that he that he that he suffered in the first practice of training camp while sh- he was shagging punts. And it was a it was a knee that he had uh, problems with early in the off season. I think he had a cleanup procedure or something along those lines. But they're gonna, you know, he he had he had another cleanup issue for for cartilage. So Andy Reid said he expects him back for week one. But you know this this kind of goes to show you. Here we go again, right? Here we go again I'm with tired. with Kader, with with Kadarius Tony, right? This I'm is, tired. Yeah, we're we're all tired. We're all tired. I mean, it's. I mean, you can only live live on that 10-catch, 10, 10 189-yard game for so long. 
and that high targets per route run as a rookie in that small sample size for so long before people are just completely out on you. I mean, he's got the he's he's talented, but he just cannot stay on the field. He cannot stay on the field, and you know those other receivers in Kansas City. We saw we see Justin Ross getting uh, run with the first team. That's that's encouraging. You know, I'm a big Justin Ross guy. Hopefully, he can make the roster. Hopefully, he can make the roster yeah. um, because it's look, it's, it's an ambiguous wide receiver room. They're, the their you know alleged number one wide receiver just went down with an injury. So there there's there's a lot of room and there's a lot of opportunity in that in that uh, receiving room. Mark Marcus Valdez Scantling wasn't really good last year. Sky Moore wasn't really good last year as a rookie. Um, you know, Rasheed Rice is a rookie, second round draft pick. He's actually had some uh, pretty. I saw a highlight from him. Uh, I think earlier this week, he had a nice catch from Patrick Mahomes um, in the end zone. In, in the end zone. And then you have, I think you have, you know, Justin Watson, who's, you know, we've seen him on the field a couple of times. And then you have Justin Ross, who's getting first team reps. So look, this it's a it's a wide open opportunity for that can for for Justin Ross and that Kansas City receiving core. So. Um, don't, put, don't don't disrespect Richie James either, man. You oh, and Richie James. Him. Richie James was there too. He's making plays. So look, there's there's a lot of opportunity, man. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see who who emerges from that from that group because it's as far as I know, it's wide open and all these wide receivers are very cheap on best in best ball, like very cheap. Out you know, Pat, yeah. once you get past Kadarius Tony, you're looking at double digit rounds for like the the next guy, Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice probably go in the same range. Couple rounds later is MBS, and then you're, a, you know, a late dart throw on Justin Ross and Richie James. So it's you can get Mahomes early if you if you're going to draft Mahomes in the second round, and then you can just stack them with a couple of these wide receivers or take shots at a couple of these wide receivers late and see what happens. See what happens throughout yep. the season. Yep. Yeah, you're right there. Um, really, nothing else of note. And we we heard Javonta Williams is going to be ready to go for train for training camp in week one. That's, I mean, it's cool, you know. Like I said, he's recovering from ACL injury. Uh, if he falls in like seventh, eighth round, then cool, I'll go get him. But not in the no fifth or sixth round. That's too rich for me. So yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Um, it now the thing is, you know, we again we talk about the the ACL the ACL guys year one. I'm he's still in a void no matter what. For at least for me, I may I may come around to taking a share or two just in case. But ultimately, throughout the offseason, I have not drafted a single a single share of Javante Williams. I, yeah. I just I, I just can't have that because you know history history tells us that this is not the type of player you bet on, especially coming off of an ACL tear, and not just an ACL tear. He had another ligament that 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 was uh, that was damaged in the process. So, yeah. Um, but you know, it, it is it is encouraging news that he's avoided the pop list and these other guys with lesser. With injury injuries with the lesser severity are on the pup list. And so yep. that that's 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 pretty telling. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the NFC South. The first team I want to talk about is the Carolina Panthers. Uh the moves that they made. They they hired a new coach in Frank Reich. Uh just notable about him, what he did with um you know in Carolina without Andrew Luck. His pass rate over expected was 28th, 26th, 24th, and 21st. Uh, in those four years without luck. So just very, um, you know, very telling in terms of what he wants to do. He's, or he's definitely a run first type of coach. Uh, he likes a lot of two, three tight end formations. So 
just to keep that in mind whenever you're looking at fantasy options for this team. They drafted Bryce Young at number one overall. Uh, you know, that was not a surprise there. Uh, they signed Miles uh, Miles Sanders to a four-year, $25 million deal to, to be the new starting running back for this team. They signed DJ Chark and Adam Thielen this offseason. Uh, they drafted Jonathan Mingo in the second round. Pretty high second round, I think 39th overall. Uh, they signed uh, Hayden Hurst to a three-year deal to be their new starting tight end. Uh, they traded away DJ Moore you know, in order to to get that first round pick. And then they lost Deontay Foreman in the, in the offseason. And he also went to the Bears, just like uh, DJ Moore in a separate deal. So um, anything noteworthy about the moves that they made on this team? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a new regime. It's a new era in Carolina. Number one pick. Their new head coach gets to choose, gets to handpick his quarterback. So they're they're starting over, but the interesting interesting thing about their offseason moves they 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 want to make sure that Bryce Young doesn't die in week in year one, right? I think that's <laughs> you know they surrounded him with with you know older veterans or you mm-hmm. know I mean these I mean Adam Thielen is thirty three years old, but DJ Chark is still in his twenties, Hayden Hurst still in his twenties, Miles Sanders still in middle, in his prime. So they they have they have they have veterans that, that they're surrounding Bryce Young with, and just to making sure that he can have a little success in year one obviously these aren't you know the best weapons right they're not they're they're still a you know a bottom 10 group um in the nfl if you if you kind of look at it in totality like the receiving room we'll get to get to that here in a second but um you know for for number one pick uh it, you can i mean i i wouldn't i wouldn't be too encouraged but at the same time you know that their front office went out they went out of their way to at least get some some players some abled bodies in there yep yep and then also keep in mind with this team that they're at the believe their cap space is going to be well over 120 million dollars next year so yeah. just to, for them just they just need to ride the ship this year so they can really see what they can go and grab next year to to try to really make a push i would assume yeah, uh, i think, but this, I think at the top of that list is wide receiver for sure um they'll <laughs> probably draft a wide receiver high um they they're probably not gonna be that good I think this whole entire division that we're about to talk about, they they probably are combining for like the lowest win totals in Vegas. If you take them as a collective, I think think uh, I don't think there's a single team that's favored over that that has at least eight wins. Uh, or Vegas line said at least eight wins. I think I think Tampa Bay, no, New Orleans is probably the highest uh, team at like eight wins or seven and a half or something like that. I don't think there's anybody higher than seven and a half or eight wins in this whole division. So I think that's the lowest, um, across, um, all the divisions in the NFL. Yeah. I believe the last I checked, the saints were at nine and a half cause they have them favored to win the division. That, uh, that I'm taking was... the under smashing the under nine and a half wins. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Um, Atlanta eight and a half. And I think Tampa Bay and, Carolina were like six and a half, seven and a half, somewhere around there. Take it was low. The unders, please. <laughs> the unders. I don't. How do you? How do you look at this? Well, we'll talk about the Saints here in a second. I, that's, <laughs> that's, that's crazy to me. Nine and a half wins for them. That whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the key players for Carolina. First off, of course, Bryce Young, the number one overall pick right now. And underdog is going twenty, quarterback twenty five, around one eighty one. So pretty much towards the end of the draft, you can. You know, if you're looking to get, you know, your second or third quarterback, I mean, you can you can wait on if you're looking to get somebody Bryce Young, and then you can uh, get to in a second. You can get any of the wide receivers that are going pretty late. Also, um, he was pretty much the best passer 
in uh, in this draft. There was nobody close to him, I didn't think, in terms of just pure accuracy and um, in ball placement in any part of the field. He was by far the best quarterback. Uh, he was really good at extending plays uh, to, to find that open man. Um, but, you know, he's going to a situation where they got a, a young offensive line. They were decent towards the end of the year. Uh, like we said, they're really going to – like I said, in terms of Frank, Frank Wright, he likes running the ball. He likes playing really slow. You, you heard their pass over uh, their pass rate over expected. So I, I really expect them to, you know, kind of, you know, not try to do too much with him, especially early um, in terms of getting him comfortable with the NFL game and the speed of it. So, you no know, quarterback 25. All right. I mean, the, the, the sentiment in the market isn't, isn't that high. They don't really expect him to you know blow the doors off, but what are your ex- expectations for, for Bryce Young? Yeah, I mean, look, he's a he's a rookie quarterback, and he's going to be the youngest quarterback in Panthers history, um, younger than Cam Newton back in 2011. So he's probably he probably has a couple of months uh, younger than Cam Newton at the time. So he's going to be the youngest quarterback um, in Panthers history. But you know, just taking a taking a shot on on this offense like super late in drafts because they're cheap, I wouldn't mind it. Right, I wouldn't mind. Because you never know, you know, it, it's it's the whole unknown kind of thing, right? You, you, you he's either gonna be like really really bad, or he's gonna be really really good, uh, or somewhere in between. And if you have somewhere in between with a couple of spike weeks towards the latter half of you know your you know your your, your best ball season, um, you can have him and and DJ Chark you know go go bonkers one week, or him and John Domingo go bonkers one week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. I I think you're going to get a typical rookie performance. You know, you're going to get a kind of a typical rookie performance. You know, you'll have some highs, you'll have some lows, you'll have some in betweens. Um, but ultimately, you know, Bryce Young will. He'll, he, he, I think he'll be pretty good. I think ultimately he'll be pretty good when it's all said and done by the end of the season. Though there, there's, there's going to be a positive outlook going into his his second year. Um, when it's when it's all said and done by uh, by the end of the year. Also, keep in mind with with quarterbacks under Frank Reich, outside of when he had. Uh, Andrew Luck, he's never had a quarterback that finished in QB1 territory. The the highest he's had is QB14 with Carson Wentz, 2021. I believe that was a year where he had the win or go home game and Carson Wentz was like just god awful. He I think he was like QB86 that week or whatever, whoever the lowest QB was. QB86. Dude, <laughs> I remember that dude was god awful that game. Couldn't complete a pass for nothing. So just keep that in mind when you have Frank Wright ran offenses. Running back. So we also know that Frank Wright, for the most part, likes running, likes running by committee. He likes to separate the workload in terms of he has one running back that handles, you know, the first and second down and goal line carries. And then he has another back that handles that handles the passing game. So in this case, for you no know, Miles Sanders, they like we said at the, at the offset that they brought him in on a four year deal. Uh, he's going RB20 right now, 65th overall. We saw him have a career year last year with Philly. Also keep in mind that he was running behind the, the best offensive line per PFF this past season. He only finished with as RB21, 12.7 points per game, even though he had a career year with, with almost 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. But he did not really contribute any any of, any of any note in the passing game. They just didn't use him. And this is a running back that can catch the ball. They just They just don't use him in that manner. He's he's mentioned and the Panthers have mentioned that they want to use in the passing game. We'll see if that happens. But just you got to keep in mind that they have Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard has been 
you know, when he's been with the Panthers, he's been the, the kind of the change of pace back, the third down back that, that comes in and catches the ball. He's going RB57 right now, uh, 184 overall. He is the handcuff that you want to get in this offense, and you can get him towards the end of the draft. So, and then just keep a note, last year, Tuba Hubbard yards per route run, last year was almost two, and while Sanders was .36. So, one was pretty much borderline elite, while the other person was pretty much at the bottom of the league. So, you have any anything to add to this backfield? Yeah, the uh, the note about Miles Sanders, uh, yeah, he he's he's got questionable usage in the receiving game, uh, and it's weird because his, his rookie year he caught fifty passes, caught fifty passes his rookie year, and then since then he's only had seventy four. So that's that, that's an average of like twenty five catches per year, and then he's a, and on top of that he has a bad you know PFF receiving grade, and that basically measures like what you do once you get the ball, right? It's not the targets, but it's what you do once you get the ball. And he's hasn't been very good. So I don't know what it is, what it's been. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you, you're, you're, you're going to get Miles Sanders to, to, to come in and, and take the early down roll. And, and Tuba Hubbard is going to be the guy that's going to be deployed in the passing game uh, more, more often than not. Um, that's why I have a lot of Tuba Hubbard on, on underdog because because of that very reason. He's very cheap. He's a guy that you can just basically bookend your running back room with. He can be your last running back, and he can give you some usable weeks even on the ground as well. Um, because you know, as much as I like Miles Sanders as a player, I've said this on numerous occasions on many many pods throughout the off season. He 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 has a, t- a tendency to get you know to get dinged up and get you know to kind of get uh to get to get injured every now and then. So. Uh, I'm not saying that's going to be the case this this time around, but it, it's always a possibility with him. It's always a possibility of him. So that's why you want to kind of protect yourself. And I haven't been drafting a much Miles Sanders on underdog. What about you? Uh, a little bit here and there. Uh, I know we were high on him last year. I know we feel good about him this year. Just, you know. I feel okay about him this year because yeah. he's going to a new team and they paid him a lot of money. So he's going to get the you know at least at least as far as we know we know he's going to get the the early down work and he's reunited with his coach to do staley for whatever that's worth um in carolina so we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens yeah the wide receiver group um not really too much to say here because it's just pretty much they overhauled it from this past season to this season there's over 330 targets available as a whole on this team so uh, they're going to need somebody to fill the void. And, I mean, you look at, like, Adam Thielen, who's going wide receiver 64. DJ Chark, that's going wide receiver, wide receiver 69. Terrace Marshall is going 80, wide receiver 87. Jonathan Mingo, the rookie, is going wide receiver 63. And even Hayden Hurst is going tight end 25. There's not really anybody I'm just like, I got to have them. Uh, the wide receivers specifically, they're all going around the same range. So, even like the the market doesn't even know who they want to trust as the number one. Naturally, people are gonna say Adam Thielen because he's like the veteran and you've seen him do it before in his in his career. But I mean, he's thirty three years old. I don't. He didn't look good, especially the second half of the, the season last year with the Vikings. So I'm not sure. I'm not even sure who I can trust in this group. I. I it's almost like it'd be a void. I mean, even like TJ um, TJ uh, DJ Chark didn't really. Splash like we wanted him to. I know we were hyped up about him being with the Lions and he can be the deep threat guy, but they just he just wasn't really utilized. Terrace Marshall, who showed up late last year for the Panthers, 
you're under a whole new regime, so I don't know what they think of him, especially when they drafted Jonathan Mingo in the second round, early second round. So um, it's not really too much to say about this group as a whole, even with Aiden Hurst, who, you know, flashed with moments with, with the Bengals last year. But I'm just I'm just not really impressed with this group as a whole. What about you? I'm not either. Um, but um, if there's one guy that I'll probably take a shot on, it's it's more than likely going to be John Domingo because he has a draft capital. Uh, he's a 39th overall pick. He did have 17 yards per catch his last year when, in, in Ole Miss, at Ole Miss, is which for whatever that's worth. But his his target shares, his, his, his targets per out run is only 17%. Uh, he had a 23.5% target share total um, in, at Ole Miss last year. Which is which is okay for you know, in college. I think it's like 60th or 70th percentile, so it's not that bad. Um, but you know, Adam Thielen, he just came off of a season where he ran the second most routes in Minnesota, but he had a 1.1 yards per route run, which was 88th in the NFL. Terrace Marshall, mm-hmm. you can't really, you haven't been able to rely on him, even though he has draft capital, you know, second round draft capital. And then DJ Chark, I mean, he's you know as talented as he is, can't stay on the field either. He's he's always he's often getting hurt. And so that's all these receivers have question marks and John Domingo is a rookie and he's probably the guy that I'd probably take the most shots on when it's all said and done, to be honest. Yeah, I think the most shares I have in it out of this whole group is is Hayden Hurst. And I mean, he's going tight end 25, 90, 196 overall. So you can you can get him at any point after like the 16th, 17th round. So he's free. So. That's just that's the guy I've been been getting the most of out of this whole group. Hayden Hurst Helmsley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, and I, I like him late as well. Um, you know, if if you have like a three tight end build, he can be your third tight end. Or if you if you're feeling froggy, you know, if you have Travis Kelsey for your first tight end, or Mark Andrews, one of the early guys like a Kyle Pitts, or a, you know, a, you know, a George Kittle in that range, then you can get you know. Uh, Hayden Hurst for your second tight end because he's going to, again, there's a lot of question marks with this entire pass catching group as a whole. And so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to see what happens with, with Carolina and their passing attack. And that's why there's this offense is, is super cheap. And so the, the unknown, you can definitely take, take advantage of the unknown. All right. So the next team that we're going to talk about is the Atlanta Falcons. And their their most their their biggest move that they had this offseason was they drafted Bijan Robinson running back from Texas at eighth overall. Much to the surprise of not many people, I think a lot of people started mocking him to the to the Falcons uh, later in the process. So we kind of knew this move was coming. But they also traded for Jonu Smith, who's an athletic tight end, but they like to bring him in the block for whatever reason. Reuniting with Arthur Smith, days in Tennessee. And they also signed wide receiver Matt Collins and wide receiver Scotty Miller. Um, but now outside of that, they didn't really make too many moves. Um, they did, you know, Marcus Mariota is no longer there. And he was really, really bad last year. We'll talk about him here in a second. Um, but overall, I mean, their 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 offense pretty slow paced for the most part, and they were the most run heavy offense in the league. They had over thirty three rush rush attempts per game. So, um, and I. I, I would imagine that they wouldn't be that much run that, that much run heavy again, um, but you never know with Arthur Smith, right? Arthur Smith is, you know, we we you and I on this podcast have been very very frustrated, um, uh, along with the rest of the fantasy community, with how 
egregious his usage uh, of Kyle Pitts was. And he, another guy we'll talk about here in a second. Um, but any anything noteworthy regarding their moves um, this offseason? No, no, right. he, nah, he got his hammer at eight. So he got his he, he got his guy at eight. So hopefully he can use him. Hopefully he can use him um, the way he's supposed to be used. All right. Now going into some of the key players uh, for the Falcons, obviously starts with quarterback Desmond Ritter at QB 29. So pick 209. Very under your drafts. Very under your drafts. You're not even prioritizing him. He is a a, a, a last-ditch effort to to get another quarterback on your roster. You're not really taking advantage of you're – not, you're not doing anything <laughs> to, 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 to go out of your way for this guy. Um, he had the highest in – a, in a small sample size, he had the highest off-target throw percentage in the NFL. Now, it was only a four-game sample size. Um, he didn't press 225 yards in any of his four starts. 224 was his highest. 97 was his lowest. And coming out of Cincinnati, we saw that he ran a four-five-two, a four-five-two at the combine, but didn't really utilize any of that. Right? Didn't really, didn't really run that much. He had a, a high of thirty-eight rushing yards, and then didn't didn't reach ten rushing yards for the re- for the rest of his uh, for the rest of his starts. So a couple of rush attempts here, a couple of rush attempts there. Didn't even crest ten yards. And so again, wasn't efficient in a small sample size, but I mean. I, I don't know what to make of it. His his PFF passing grade was 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 kind of was kind of bad, um, but that didn't stop. You know, for for whatever reason though, like both of these quarterbacks were bad last year. Desmond Ritter was bad, and then Marcus Mariota, he was just as bad, <laughs> if not worse. Uh, he, he was he was much much actually much much worse. Um, his completion percentage on passes of over twenty plus yards. Dead last at 21%. Minimum of 200 pass attempts. Uh, and, you know, both Falcons quarterbacks, m- most uncatchable targets of the tight end. So they, they, couldn't, they, couldn't even, they couldn't even hit Kyle Pitts or any of the tight ends they threw to uh, in their sleep. And so it was, it was as bad as it gets. 26% of Mariota's targets were deemed uncatchable. 26. 26. There's highlight reels on Twitter or low light reels on Twitter about just Marcus Mariota just misses low <laughs> low lights yes low lights Marcus Mariota misses uh it, it it was as bad as it gets for this for this passing attack um anything else to mean to add I mean look if we're looking if we're looking at Desmond Ritter being this bad is if if you extrapolate this performance we're probably going to see Taylor Heineke by like week nine. <laughs> At least, at least Taylor Heineke can feed Terry McLaurin and get some of those guys some, uh, some, some, some valuable, some valuable production. But man, it, it, it was rough for this quarterback room last year. Yeah, I can't imagine Arthur Smith's leash being long enough to survive after this season if it's still going to be this bad, at, especially at the quarterback position for somebody that's his his uh his calling card is is offense. So, I. I don't really have nothing else to add. It was bad. I, me personally, I expect I'm I'm expecting to see Taylor Heineke. So, we we will see. Like I said on multiple occasions, they just need to go ahead and call the 49ers and try to get Trey Lance. That is the literally the perfect situation for them. They just need to make it happen. They need to make it happen. If we get into like a couple of weeks into training camp and Trey Lance is like third behind Sam Darnold. And Brock Purdy, who Brock Purdy just got the clear, but he got the all clear today. 
That's mm-hmm. another news. That's actually a news item we missed. But he got the all clear today. If he's third, you know, third in the depth chart and not really making much noise, make that call. Because you you you've got Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke as your quarterbacks. You you, you can't. I don't think Trey Lance can 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 be any worse uh, than 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 those two guys. Um, but now going on to the uh, running back room, Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. Bijan Robinson, RB three, going at basically pick ten on underdog, and then Tyler Algier at RB forty seven, going at one hundred forty four overall. Um, last year, and you know this, you know we'll, we'll talk. Let's circle back to the quarterback just real quick. Last time, promise, maybe not. Um, only sixty three targets to the running backs last year. Only sixty three. And you know, in a run first offense, you're not throwing check downs. You're not you're not dumping the ball off. You're it's either play action and play action inaccurate pass, or you're handing the ball off. That's what they were doing last year. Uh, it was it was, <laughs> and you know, from from 2022, they have 235 available targets from last year, which is I I, I can't even. I mean, it, it 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 doesn't it doesn't make sense to me because of. How much they targeted Kyle Kyle Pitts and Drake London, like the, or the target shares were ridiculously high, and they still have that many available targets. And so where the hell were they going? Where the hell were these targets going? Dirt, the turf, <laughs> in the turf, from the dirt. <laughs> um, but Bijan Robinson, uh, there was a recent quote from him uh, uh, talking about Arthur Smith and his usage. So he's he he says he uses me everywhere from receiver to running back. It lets me do my abilities and skill set the right way, whether it's catching the ball, running routes, obviously running the football, blocking and doing it all. I'm going to expect nothing less because he has a plan for me with his coaching style and making sure that I'm doing the right thing on the field and always pushing myself to new limits, new heights. You know, I got to match that. So, I mean, that signals that they're going to use B. John Robinson all over the formation, all over the place, and they're going to have. Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier on the field a lot at the same time. Maybe have Bijan going in motion, uh, doing some jet sweeps, doing some you know some some screens, and doing doing a lot of different things with them. Uh, hopefully, you know, making this offense more dynamic and not just the the stone the stone age. You know, running thirty five times up the a gap. Right? We, we we don't want that. You have weapons on this team. Utilize them to their to their best ability. And honestly, like if it wasn't for this, this, this archaic ass philosophy of Arthur Smith, I think they would have been a playoff team. They probably would have played. They probably would have been in the playoffs over Tampa Bay if they were a little bit more pass heavy or, well, I mean, maybe not, maybe I say that because of how inaccurate, inaccurate, uh, Mariota was last year. But if they just tried to pass the ball more, right, they tried to pass the ball more and and not run the ball while they were trailing and things like that. Like if they just utilize more Kyle Pitts, utilize more Drake London, maybe they could have had a different outcome this year. Like, so what do you what do you think about this uh, this running back room and how they're going to be deployed? Um, I mean, it sounds good what Bijan is saying. It sounds good. I know that's his hammer. We saw, but we saw Tyler Azir be really good last year in terms of what he was asked to do. You saw Cardero, uh, Cardero Patterson, you know, start the season, you know, kind of being really utilizing towards the end. He just got kind of faded. I mean, my guess would be Bijan probably still be like the the sixty percent running back, but I feel like we're gonna see we're gonna see a lot of Tyler Azier too because I mean he was good. He was good last year, man. I can't even you can't even deny it. So 
I want I want to really believe what what Arthur Smith is selling to the Bijan, but I have to see it because it, it's tough it's tough to to believe him. You know, seeing throughout his his you know his time in Tennessee and you know now in in uh, Atlanta, it's not like he hasn't had a running back that can't catch the ball. It just he they just don't throw it to him. So how yeah. am I going to believe that all of a sudden he's going to throw to Bijan when you have a proven pass catcher out the backfield, Cordell Patterson, uh, who smashed two years ago. Uh, catching a lot of balls, scoring a lot of touchdowns. So, I think honestly they're going to just relegate him to special teams and kick returns again. Uh, I don't think he's going to get that much, much work in the running back uh, as as a running back. Uh, they were only doing that. Out of, I feel like they were only doing that out of necessity. Necessity, yeah. They were doing it out of necessity because they didn't have any other guys. Uh, why, you know? <laughs> so you draft, you draft Bijan Robinson for that very reason, right? That's why you yeah. use him. That's why you use him. But. Um, Back, going back to, to Algeria, he's not a scrub by any means. You know, he was he has the tenth highest rate of missed tackles forced per touch over the last ten years. So that's pretty good. He was breaking tackles. He was getting a lot of yards, four point nine yards per carry. Um, he was top twenty in yards per touch, in yards per carry. So he's not not a scrub by any means. And I know a lot of people are are looking at this B. John Robinson situation, that's similar to and expecting Saquon Barkley twenty eighteen uh, levels of of production. And they're looking at Tyler Algier as like a guy like Wayne Gallman or a guy like Orleans Darkwa that that was on the <laughs> Giants that was on the Giants before uh, Saquon Barkley got there. But you know Tyler Algier is better than both of those guys, so probably not not quite the same thing. And, and if you're expecting over two thousand yards and fifteen touchdowns from Bijan Robinson his rookie year, I don't I don't think that's going to happen because that's what Saquon Barkley did in 2018 his rookie year. Um, and so. That I I think the I think uh, he, he'll come in. I think it's I think it may be safe to assume that he'll he'll come in below that. But you never know. You never know these days. Maybe Arthur Smith hands Bijan Robinson the ball twenty five times in, in in game one, and Tyler Algier gets like six or seven carries or something like that. Never know. You never know with, with Arthur Smith. But at least as it stands right now, I think I think we're gonna see like a. I wouldn't see an, I wouldn't say an even split out the gate, but I would say like. Like you said, sixty forty would probably be you know the you know the, where I would where I would settle on. Um, and then just last thing, are you how much Bijan Robinson are you taking? Because he's going in a he's going in a tricky range, right? He's going in a range where you you you, you like Ceedee Lamb, you like AJ Brown, you like Stephon Diggs in that area, but how much of Bijan Robinson are you taking? Because I know in the, at least in these underdog tournaments, you do want to be different. You want to diversify a little bit. You want to have unique lineups. And so, just real quick, uh, where where do you where are you how are you treating Bijan in, in drafts? I mean, you said it. He is in a tricky situation. It's tricky spot where you got a lot of players that you like around that ten to eleven range. I think throughout all the the what eighty two drafts I've done so far, I've only got six percent of of Bijan, so it's not really much. I do want to dabble and get more of them just to be, you know, you know, take the portfolio approach and get more, you know, shares of them. But I mean, I've already explained. Like, I just I'm kind of wary because of you know because of Arthur Smith and because of you know Tyler Algier and how good he was last year. So um, I'll still sprinkle in here and there some some more shares of them, but it's I don't think it's gonna be too much more. I'm I'm I can say I'm not gonna probably not gonna be ten percent when. It's all sitting done with all these drafts. Yeah, I got I got three percent right now amongst all of my like major 
major drafts. I have 3%. And then when I did the early ones, I didn't take him in any of the early ones because his ADP was just way too high. So, yeah, I have about 3% right now, but maybe that number will climb. Um, and then just, you know, we know, like I, I, I recited the stat last week, but I'll do it again. Every running back drafted in the top 10 over the last decade has been an RB1 as a rookie. So history is on his side. History is on Jameer Gibbs' side. So yeah. whatever it's worth, that's that. That is that. Um, so uh, next is just a, this receiver room. It's basically one guy in a bunch of nothing. <laughs> Only 17 <laughs> touchdowns from this receiving core, from this pass-catching group as a, as a whole in 2022. That's the seventh lowest, which I'm which is the more more shocking thing to me, bro. I would think that would be even lower. <laughs> I thought they'd be even lower, um, but they did have the second lowest uh, receiving yards as a collective, which that does not surprise me because they were so run heavy. And so, but Drake London, wide receiver, twenty two, pick forty two overall, top five in target rate and target share. I mean, he was getting peppered uh, with targets. Um, he was having he had a lot of success, a, a lot of success in zone and man. Uh, his target rate was 26 and 36 uh, percent respectively in both of those uh, categories so he was getting targeted frequently but again you know he had a lot of i'm sure he had a lot of unrealized air yards um not not as we mentioned earlier 26 percent of mariota's targets were deemed uncatchable so that that obviously applies to every pass catcher he attempted to throw the ball to last year um but his yards per route run was 2.4 which is 11th in the league that is elite, especially um, yards yard per route run factors in quarterback play. And the fact that your quarterback was this bad and you're still over 2.4, two, over two yards per route run in general. And even even that, like, that's crazy. That is literally insane. Um, but Drake London, I think, I mean, I haven't been drafting a lot of them either because I'm just unsure about what they're going to do at quarter or, or what you're going to get out of the quarterbacks. But yeah, uh, he he's got elite metrics, but yeah, I it's it's just tough for me to, to 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 pull the trigger on him and where he's going right now. What do you think? Same, I'm same boat, man. Like you, you add a, a hammer running back and Bijan who can do everything. You were second lowest in receiving yards as a whole, like receiving group. Seventh lowest in touch, seventeen touchdowns, bro. Like, <laughs> and, and you got to also think about in terms of. Even though you didn't, we're not going to name any other wide receiver. They were spreading the ball out. It's not like Drake London had like 1,200 yards. He only had, he didn't even break 900 yards this past season. You know, Tyle Pitts missed missed like half, like a third of the season. He only, I don't even think he broke 600 yards. So you got to think about like where they're going to be spreading all these balls out to all these other, you know, no names like Matt Collins and whoever else that they sign up from the, from the street is going to get the ball. So I'm just like, how are they going to spread this out in uh, Drake London or Kyle Pitts? We're expecting them to, to give you damn near wide receiver, you no know, wide receiver one type season. I don't know, man. So I've been, I, I don't have much, I don't have much of, of, of Drake London because of the setup that, that, that he's currently in. But a guy that I do have a lot of is Kyle Pitts. That's <laughs> who I have a lot of. He's going off the board as a tight end five, pick 69, very nice 69. Um, but yeah, like I said, man, like earlier, the quarterback situation was so bad. 
obviously the most uncatchable targets to the tight end. Um, he was actually first in air yard share and unrealized air yards. So he was getting targeted often down the field. Mm. And there was a lot of misses, um, like I mentioned earlier, that that highlight reel of Marcus Mar- Marcus Mariota missing Kyle Pitts. It was just about a minute and a half. It was just sadness, Com- complete sadness. <laughs> Pitts was wide open so many times, and you just saw the ball sail over his head. Oh man, it was it, it was rough. It was rough. It it was it was rough. Um, his, Pitts' target rate was over 34, like 34%. Like that was number one. In, not, not amongst tight ends, not just amongst tight ends, but all in all of the NFL. That was higher than Tyreek Hills. Tyreek Hill, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, had 33.6 target rate. Kyle Pitts has a higher one. 36% of Kyle Pitts' targets were 20 plus yards down the field. Explosive play rate, which is you know, 15 yard plays divided by your targets, that was 45%. And so that's that's why I'm more in on Kyle Pitts. If there's one guy to be in on in this passing game, it's probably Kyle Pitts. Because you can't be on you can't be in on both of them because you're gonna be you're gonna be disappointed if you're if you take it because especially where they're both going, it's gonna cost you some decent sized trap capital. But if you're getting Kyle Pitts in like the sixth, seventh round, which is essentially a three and a half round discount from what he was last year, I'm I'm smashing the button all day. Fifth in yards per route run, 2.07. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like Kyle Pitts this year. Uh, just hopefully he runs more routes. Hope to God that he runs more routes. Only 29th in routes ran last year, which is just, again, sad. Dude, uh, how, how we, how much were we on a weekly basis last season? We're just like, why is he not on the field? Like, why is he only playing 60% of snaps and you're seeing Pruitt and I can't even think of the other names that were just out there catching these. Especially in the red zone, just like getting cheap touchdowns, and you just see Kyle Pitts on the sideline just watching. Just, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's one of those things, man. It's one of those things, and so it, I I just want I just want better for our boy for our boy Kyle Pitts. I just want better, and hopefully we get it. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully we can get a full season again. A thousand yards as a rookie, only one touchdown. I know, only one touchdown. I get it. But we'll see. We'll see. What's up, everybody? It's Ike from Off the Line Fantasy Football. I'm excited to announce that Destination Devi is partnering with Underdog Fantasy for the 2023 season. There's no better way to put your skills to the test against me and other top fantasy football analysts this offseason. But here's the best part. If you use promo code OTLFF when signing up, you'll get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. And if you deposit $10, you'll get access to strategize with us in the Destination Devi Discord. Now, why is this important? You get additional stats, additional tips, and much more to dominate your drafts. And plus, and you know, we got all the information. We got all of the EDU for you. So what are you waiting for? Head over to underdogfantasy.com, sign up, and let's make this season one for the books. All right, so New Orleans Saints. Uh, a team that should be very interesting to talk about because they got a new quarterback. They got rid of the Red Rocket. They signed, they traded for Derek, Derek Carr. Uh, he he chose this is the team that he wanted to go to because he had no trade rights in his contract, so he got to choose where he wanted to go. The Saints also traded Adam, Adam Troutman to the Broncos to the team that 
of the coach that drafted him and Sean Payton. So he was like, yeah, let me, I, I need to get him again and not use him. So they got rid of him. <laughs> yeah, not you. That's, that's exactly what's going to happen. He's not going to be. They drafted Kendra, Kendra Wright, uh, Kendra Miller in the third round, running back out of TCU, and they signed Jamal Williams to a two-year deal. They upgraded a quarterback for sure. You know, they got a, a decent running back in the third round. So, and they got a decent running back in, in offseason, Jamal Williams, uh, you know, the backup, the backup, uh, uh, Alvin Kamara. You got anything that you want to add to their moves? Yeah. I mean, Derek Carr was probably the, it's, it's the obvious one that, that, you know, they wanted to upgrade a quarterback. Uh, Dennis Allen in his second year in New Orleans, or you know, once, once a guy, once a veteran guy, it feels like they have a roster to compete. So, um, but yeah, I, I think I think a lot of it a lot of it has to do and, and there's gonna be there's gonna be questions all across this team, but the biggest thing that I that I took away was just the you know, the obviously the the move to to acquire Derek Carr. Um and then you know Kendra Miller's interesting. Kendra Miller in the third's interesting. He's a he's a good uh he'll he'll be he'll be a good a, a good running back for the for the Saints and then they signed Jamal Williams. A lot of a lot of the moves that they made at the running back position was bracing themselves. Because of the impending suspension for Alvin Kamara, which we're probably expecting around four games, about four yeah. four games, maybe six, but I think most experts are saying four games, and there are some experts that are actually that are actually saying two to four games. So it could be less than four. So if he's less mm-hmm. than four games, and we'll talk about Kamara here in a second, I think we might disagree on you know how we how we view him um, in twenty twenty three, but. He can be a, a a very very good value right now in, on 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 underdog drafts. Yep. All right. So let's talk about the key players. Derek Carr, obviously quarterback nineteen right now, underdog going one forty eight. Uh, real quick about the Saints' offense this past season, they were twenty fifth in pass rate, twenty seventh in play rate, six worst graded pass blocking by PFF. So uh, should be interesting to see. If they play any faster, if they throw more passes, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see because they were definitely one of the slower teams. They didn't want to throw that much because Andy Dalton stinks. So <laughs> um, they just didn't didn't want to take no chances. Well, his, his PFF grade was – I, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, he, was, was, no, he was number really one. High. But he wasn't moving he was number, for them, though. Yeah, he was number one and number two. I remember we kept – I remember in uh, we kept talking about this, which was surprising for some of that – didn't score that many points. Didn't really, you know, move the ball that much. But yeah, he was. I believe he was number one in PFF grade passing wise. So, uh, back on Derek Carr, QB nineteen last year in points per game. Uh, was a down year for him o- overall uh, across the board: yards, attempts, completion percentage. Uh, with the first year of uh, Josh McDaniels uh, taking over for the Raiders last season, but of course he was top. He was fourth in in air yards as usual. And fourth and a dot, something that he's always high in, uh, should be very good for you know a couple of the wide receivers that we talk about later. Uh, surprisingly, last year he was 11th in checkdown rate uh, at 10, percent which was the highest of his career, which uh, you know could bode well for Camara, could bode well, uh, but he was fifth lowest in uh, red zone completion percentage. You got anything to add to Derek Carr? Yeah, that checkdown rate, man. Uh, that's why Josh Jacobs was eating. That's why Josh yeah. is being greedy. So that that makes <laughs> sense. Um, but the one thing about Derek Carr that's kind of being overlooked is that he has supported a top 12 wide receiver each of the last two years. So 2021 was Hunter Renfro. He came out of nowhere. And then last year was obviously Devontae Adams. So, again, that the 
the air yards in ADOT definitely supports Chris Olave, the top 12 wide receiver, definitely supports Chris Olave. And Chris Olave, where he's going, he's going wide receiver 12. And so yep. um, there, there's, there's a lot of opportunity, at least uh, as far as that goes. Um, but a lot of what um, Derek, you know, a lot of, a lot of success that Derek Carr is going to have is going to be also predicated on how Michael Thomas holds up. And then we'll, you know, again, we'll talk about him here in a second, but yeah, Derek Carr, he's, I think he's a good fit for the offense. Yep. All right. Running back room. We got Alvin Kamara going RB 30, 94th overall. Uh, he finished RB 18 last season was the lowest rush yard since his rookie year. Uh, Receiving output has gone down the last two years. Basically, since Sean Payton's left, they've been throwing less and less to the running backs and into him specifically. Uh, and also, we talked about him potentially being suspended, even though he beat the charge. You know how, you know how Goodell, you know how he runs the show. It doesn't matter you get convicted or not, you can get suspended. Um, but overall, I think RB thirty. I think this is this is a steal for him right now. Uh, whoever's been drafting him throughout the course of this season up until this moment, I mean, I think they're you're getting a steal for someone that could potentially be RB1. We've seen him do it over the course of his career, even though he's been down the last two years, but he has the potential to be that. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I've been getting – throughout the course of the season, I have been sprinkling Alva Kamara here and there, you know, obviously because through the, the course of time, we didn't know all the, the facts of what's going to happen, but uh, I'm definitely going to be more confident in drafting him uh, way earlier than RB30 for sure. Um, we also got Jamal Williams, who's going RB43, 127 overall. We saw him, you know, smash last season. He had 17 touchdowns, over 1,000 yards, the highest uh, touchdown rate last year over any running back uh, that had at least 75 carries at 6.5. I don't think the next person was at, like, 5%, so he, he smashed that. Definitely, I don't believe we're going to see that this season. Of course um, not. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're <laughs> not going to be they're not going to be in, in in as many scoring positions like that or red zone opportunities like that. It's not going to. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be utilized as much inside the five like, um, like he was last year. Yeah, so fourteen I, touchdowns inside the five, uh, which wasn't even yeah. close to. Nobody was close to that. Complete outlier season. I don't even think he has yeah. seventeen total touchdowns outside of like twenty twenty two. I don't think he has seventeen total touchdowns. I don't. Yeah. Think, so. Yeah, um, finished RB, finished RB fifteen last season. Of course, most of those touchdown, uh, most of those points came from from a lot of the, the scores came from touchdowns. But again, this is a running back that can also catch the ball. You just didn't see it last year. If you saw his time with the with the Packers, he was a reliable pass catcher at the backfield. So it was just interesting to see see him using this role. And then also you got Kendra Miller, RB forty six, one forty three overall, uh, rookie running back. A lot of I, I believe his why he's getting he's he has his ADPs because of people, you know, expecting him to to be to have a role early because of you know Alvin Kamara's impending suspension. But he's a guy that could potentially play all three downs. Potentially uh, broke out in 2021 uh, with TCU, and um, you know he's 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 fine. He's cool. He drafted in the third round, just draft capital. Um, but overall, I just expect Alvin Kamara to lead this back room and. And Jamal be the backup, and Kendra's kind of just you know waiting in the wings and hope, hopefully hoping for his time. So, uh, you have anything to add about about any of these running backs? Yeah, specifically Kamara. Uh, I know his overall receiving output went down, but his he was still top three in target share and routes ran. Um, he had a one point seven six yards per route run, which is still top five. 
Um, and then also in a down year, he had 900 yards rushing and 500 yards receiving. So that's that's around 1,400 total yards last year. So even in a down year, he still produced. He still produced. Um, he was still top 10 in high-value touches. And as we know, that's, that's red zone usage and targets combined. Um, and then he has 10-plus red zone targets each of the last four years. And so when we, we, what we know for sure about Kamara, his usage in the passing game is probably not going to change. And he's a three-down guy. And if, again, if that suspension number is any less than four, <laughs> is any less than four, that ADP is going to skyrocket. Even if it's four, again, it's still going sky- to skyrocket. Because people are, the way he's being drafted, it's as if the people are bracing themselves for a, a six to eight game suspension. But if it's four or less, yeah, he's going to get pushed up to like the sixth round. Uh, right now, he's going in the ninth, tenth round. He's probably going to get pushed up to like the sixth round, maybe late fifth. Because again, like we've seen Camaro just smash time and time again. And his usage in the passing game and in the red zone is, is, it can't be ignored. It can't be ignored. Yep. I agree. And the one thing that looms over all these running backs is a guy named Taysom Hill. So. <laughs> all right let's move on to the wide receivers um thank, thank, just, thanks for thanks for depressing the pod gene thanks my, thanks my a lot bad, man. Thanks I, ha- a lot. I mean i have to bring him up man i have to bring him up because he's always gonna he's gonna give you that one game that one or two games where he just he just scores three touchdowns for whatever reason you know? oh so, man no don't right. don't remind me my bad my bad all right so real quick before i get to the wide receiver room just want to make mention that there's 183 available targets uh, for this team. Um, we got Michael Thomas, wide receiver 47, which is 94th. Um, you know, people people are just hope, we're hopeful that he can come back and, you know, just make it through a season without, you know, hurting that ankle. People are holding on to the fact that he's a big slide. He, you know, he, he smashed that, what, three years ago, four years ago, where he broke the uh, broke the receiver record, receptions record, and just he hasn't been the same since. Um, I know this past season he played three games and then he was just shut down because of the ankle foot issue. Uh, we got yeah. Rashid Shahid, who you know kind of showed up the second half of the season, and you know here and there he kind of scored a long touchdown, but it's pretty much it. But it looks like he might be the trusted wide, rec- wide receiver three on this team. He's going wide receiver seventy two. Yeah, big play Didn't guy. He have like five touchdowns of like forty plus yards, or five plays of forty plus yards, or something, something like that. Some, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver seventy two, one sixty one overall, and then we got their number one guy, Chris Olave, wide receiver 12, 18th overall. Uh, I know everybody was surprised when we saw him drafted last year in the first round. You're like, who? Like him? No, 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 no. Nobody was surprised. He was always uh, a big pick. no, but people no. People were surprised that the, the Saints traded up as far as they did to go get him because of the other players that people were hyped up over. So like okay. people like, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let me, he he let was me a first round pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah, he was a first round pick, but people didn't expect him they didn't expect the Saints to go up to what twelfth overall or thirteenth overall to go uh, trade up to go get him. I think he was eleventh. I think I feel like it was Garrett Wilson at ten. Yeah, it was Garrett Wilson at ten, Olave at eleven, Jamison Williams at twelve. Yeah, that's yeah, how. twelve, and then and then Jahan Dotson at fifteen. So yeah. yes, they didn't expect him to sneak up up there, but it happened, and he showed up and showed out. You know, he finished wide receiver twenty five. 
his target rate versus man was number two in the NFL at almost 36%. We saw him have a, a, a elite yards per route run at 2.46, which was 12. Uh, he was fourth in deep targets at 29, 10th in targets, number eight in air yards, number five in, in unrealized air yards. So just, you know, just talking about the deep targets, the air yards, unrealized air yards, and things that, you know, Derek Carr is, excels in. So this could be something that, you know, they, Olave can even, you know, break the threshold of being at the, the tip of wide receiver two to now being comfortably in wide receiver two in even low end wide receiver one territory because of the move that they made with Derek Carr. He's going uh, as wide receiver club now. So. And then just to also keep in note, this is something that we talked about in, in a previous episode, I believe in May, where since 2019, rookie wide receivers that had at least 1,000 re- uh, receiving yards of rookie season, they've all had at least a wide receiver two season the following season. Uh, Garrett Wilson is the other wide receiver that falls in this category. And the other wide receivers that fell in this bucket and have cheated at least a wide receiver two season is A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and, and uh, Jalen Waddle. So just... Just to let you show the elite, the elite territory that those two fell in specifically uh, in their rookie season. Yeah, and then just a note about his his yards per route run. It was a top five uh, yards per route run um, uh, historically, like in, like amongst rookie wide receivers drafted over like the, I think the last the last decade. It was a top five yards per route run season. That's behind like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. He joined a pretty elite company. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is on that list as well. So yeah, Chris Olave, he's yeah, he, he's he's a stud. Um, the only knock on him though is that when he catches the ball, nothing much happens after the catch. That's only forty sixth in yak. That's probably the only knock. But outside of that, he's pretty awesome. He commands targets, um, and he 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 commands targets at a high rate, and he's elite. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you know him and him him and Derek Carr may be a, be a pretty pretty good uh combination um hopefully michael thomas stays healthy there's a lot of hype about him being a full go for training camp that's that was you know that was the uh i think the first practices tomorrow so we'll probably see some videos yeah a lot of videos we'll see a lot of videos from training camp practices across the across the world um michael thomas has only played in 10 games since 2020 um and in the two games in 2022 that he played in 20.6 ppr points per game 20.6 20.6 points per game. That's with Olave on the field. And he was wide receiver 10. And he had an average of around eight targets a game. And so he was still commanding targets, albeit a small sample size. So um I I, I if he stays healthy, we, we can have a nice wide receiver wide receiver duo on our hands with with Olave and Michael Thomas. Yep, yep, we can. And then real quick about the tight ends, Jawan Johnson, Foster Monroe, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. That we heard that he signed to them. Uh, I guess Taysom Hill also just a bunch of guys. Um, I'm, <laughs> them adding Jimmy Graham, I'm just like, all right, man. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I know 35, people, 35 year old Jimmy Graham. I know people were hyped up about Juwan Johnson, but I, I don't know, man. It's just a, it's just a bunch of nonsense happening. I don't want to even want to deal with it. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, with I mean, it. look. Tatum Hill is obviously the highest drafted guy on underdog right now, and only because he can potentially throw passes and he gets carries in the red zone. I think yeah. that's the only reason. But Jawan Johnson is the tight end you want in this offense. He's the tight end you want in this offense. Top ten in air yards, and um, you know he has a decent yards per route run. 
Um, so it's he's not he's not a bad player, and he's 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 had multiple multiple weeks with multiple touchdowns um, last season. So I think he's a guy that Derek Carr is going to lock on lock in on because you know Derek Carr likes to throw those tight ends as well. See Darren Waller back at his time uh, with the Raiders. So I think Jawan Johnson is going to be that guy. Former, you know, I think a former basketball player, athletic background, could definitely target him up the seams. You know, um, but you know we'll see, we'll see what happens with with Foster Moreau um, and Jimmy Graham resigning. I don't know if Jimmy Graham makes the roster. To be honest, we'll see if he does. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know how many. I don't know what how many tight ends teams typically keep on their rosters, but can't be like it can't be four or five, right? It can't be that many. But yeah, that's that is a lot that we talked about that tight end room a lot longer than I thought we would. Yeah. Last team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, the big thing: Tom Brady retired, finally retired. It's July twenty fifth. He's not in training camp, so we don't think he's going to come out of retirement. I think we. The only thing that'll make that safe is if we get to our first preseason game and then our first regular season game and Tom Brady has not announced that he's coming back. That's when things will be safe. That's when things will be safe. So, um, but they released Leonard Fournette, who's still a free agent, who still may resign with them. Who knows? We'll see. Um, they, signed, they signed Baker Metfield and they signed Chase Edmonds, running back, uh, Formerly of the Cardinals, Broncos, Dolphins, flamed out in all three areas or all three places. Um, so, but they do have a new offensive coordinator, Dave Canales. He was in he was with Seattle for twelve years as their passing game coordinator, QB coach, and wide receiver coach. And so, has a little bit of experiences, a little bit of experience uh, doing you know QB things. Anything stand out with these moves? Probably not. It's probably just Tom Brady retiring and trying to get a quarterback in there. Right? It's we don't know what what the, how the offense is going to look with Dave Canales as their OC because he's never been OC before. So it should be should be very interesting. Yeah, should be. We'll, we'll start. We're starting with Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's bounced around a lot. Uh, he's been this is his fourth team in like the last year. So Carolina Rams, Buccaneers, Browns. Like he's been with four teams in like the last year and a half. So it's not good, right? I don't I don't think that's very good. <laughs> um, but I think the biggest question with this offense is can he support Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? I mean, I, we've seen him do some some good things. I know mean, we've it, 2020 was his best season. I think he was like a, a top 12 quarterback in points per game. But outside of that, he's been kind of been kind of meh, with a lot of meh. Hence the nickname Baker Mehfield, right? So last year, I mean, he, I know he he beat the Raiders on the Thursday night game coming in a day before, two days before the game and learning the playbook on the fly. Um, commend, very commendable on his part. Very commendable that he's able to do that. But we haven't really seen too much from him um, that that will give us confidence that he can carry an offense. But curious to hear your thoughts. There's really no thoughts from me about Baker Mayfield. Just He's just a guy, you know. He's just a guy occupying the quarterback position for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm sure they're in the sweet stakes to, to possibly get, uh, uh, you know, that quarterback from, from USC. So he's just, he's just a guy, you know, Kyle Trash is, they don't even care about him. So that's your, that's your boy though. Kyle Trash. I'm sorry. Kyle Trask. I mean, he's just a guy yeah. that played at Florida. That's all, man. You know, once he gets to the league, that's another whole nother story. He ain't, he ain't my guy no more. 
They ain't your guy no more. Oh, you don't, you don't claim him now. Okay. No, nah, right. we don't claim him. We don't claim him. <laughs> you don't claim him. Yeah, I mean, you know, on in QB 33, I don't, I haven't seen him drafted much on underdog outside of super flex leagues um, or super flex drafts. So, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to be like, this this super run heavy offense. I mean, they're going to drop back the ball. They're going to drop back to pass the ball every now and then. He's going to give Mike Evans some some fifty fifty balls. And that's where Mike Evans thrives, right? He thrives he thrives on the outside, and he's been continue he's continued continuously doing that throughout his career. And we'll get to him in a second. But yeah, I mean, I I think we're going to have some decent weeks from Baker. You know, he'll he'll feed because he we've seen him being capable of feeding. Chris, Chris Godwin and Mike, uh, or receivers like you know OBJ and uh, and, and Jarvis Landry, um, and you know earlier in his career. So I think we'll see we'll see some decent weeks from 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 Baker Mayfield, but not enough to to warrant drafting him. Not not enough to warrant prioritizing him in in, in, in drafts at all. So the running back room is interesting. Rashad White, RB twenty five, pick eighty two. That's basically it for the running back room. I mean, it's it's. I mean, we we saw some reports about Keyshawn Vaughn being the number two back going into camp, even though they signed Chase Edmonds. Keyshawn Vaughn's been there uh, for the last like several years, and you know he's had some buzz in training camp, and then just it materialized in nothing. He did get some playing time a couple in I think the playoff game against the Eagles a couple of years ago. I think he was a primary ball carrier with Leonard Fournette. I think dinged up. So I think he scored a touchdown, as a matter of fact. So he's had some pretty decent um, weeks. So if something were to happen um, to Rashad White, I think Keyshawn Vaughn could step in and be serviceable. Serviceable. Um, I think I drafted him with my last pick a couple of drafts ago. On in, Because of that news, I was like, oh, Keyshawn Vaughn's the number two back. Why not? Cool. Right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the drafts, you're you're just taking shots on people anyways, right? But you know, back to Rashad White. Um, he he's he's got some swag. Changed his jersey number to number one mm-hmm. instead of that weak ass number twenty nine. So I, I like <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but he was only the RB two thirty uh, RB thirty two last season, and he was he had terrible efficiency as a rusher. Him and Fournette were actually pretty bad um, as rushers last year. Um, but they were both pretty good as receivers. But Rashad White was better. Rashad White caught fifty passes um, last year, and he had a better better per you know. Yards per out run and things of that nature. His 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 metrics just overall was was better than Fournette's. Um, that was you know, his steady catches was eleventh, twelfth in targets. Um, Tampa Bay had one hundred and forty two targets to the running back, uh, or to, to running backs last year, and that was the second highest. Um, and Baker Mayfield doesn't really check the ball down that much um, throughout his career. You've seen the historically low check down rates, but last year was he was he was pretty high, twelve out of twelve out of thirty four um, qualifying quarterbacks. His check his check down rate was ten percent, so he was a, more willing to throw the throw the ball to the running backs last year. Maybe that was out of necessity. Maybe that was circumstantial due to all the injuries that they had. Because by the time Baker got there, he wasn't throwing to Cooper Cup. And he didn't have any other wide receivers outside of Van Jefferson, so maybe that was just out of necessity. But we'll see what if if that carries over or translates uh, to this year. Um, and you know, outside of that, I mean, we saw you know Leonard Fournette finish as the RB twelve last year, and he got a lot of carries inside the five. So sixty nine percent of those carries went to Leonard Fournette last year. So Rashad White seemingly will take over that role, but 
you know, you never know with these coaches. They may switch things up. They may they may give Sean Tucker some looks. They may give Keyshawn Vaughn some looks. But just real quick thoughts on the running back room. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's Rashad White's running back room and really nobody else. We'll see if resign Lenny or they might resign somebody, somebody a veteran in that back room. But if not, then uh, Rashad White is the guy. Uh, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn can. I mean, both those running backs, Keyshawn Vaughn and Chase Edmonds, can both catch the ball. So it should be interesting to see if they stick with this group, who would be the guy, and if they actually you know get any type of third down usage. Because Rashad White, as you said, somebody that was a backup was 11th in receptions uh, for running backs at 50. So, uh, and then you know, you still got you know, Tucker. He's in the background. We'll see if he makes the roster. But overall, I just think it's Rashad White and no one else. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a fair assessment. Um, so, but I, I've been taking some Rashad White in underdog drafts. He's you know, he's gonna be the primary guy. He's gonna be the primary guy, and you know I know he's gonna be on a projected bad offense. But I mean, sometimes these are guys you take chances on, especially late in drafts or later in drafts rather. Um, but onto the receiver room: Mike Evans, wide receiver, thirty-five. Chris Godwin, wide receiver 30, and Russell Gage, wide receiver 114, who I haven't even seen get drafted at all this summer. But it's it's mainly Evans and Godwin. Um, Godwin's going first. Godwin was top 12 in targets and seventh in receptions last year, but that's obviously with Tom Brady. So we might have to just throw all that stuff out and start from scratch. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're getting a significant QB downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Even the version of Tom Brady we saw last year—I mean, he was still accurate in in, in many spots. Um, and then you know you, you got Mike Evans, wide receiver, thirty-five. And you know I I I don't I don't know if I've made this clear on the show yet, but I want to officially do it today. This is a Mike Evans slander-free zone. This show is a Mike Evans slander-free zone. Okay, Facts. it is because you know whenever I get sad. These days, you know what I do? I go to YouTube and I put on the tape of Mike Evans on in week 17 against the Panthers. And I just I just that just shit oh tears of joy. Bro. I just shit I just shit tears of joy again. Like, that's Dude. because because that was one of the best highlight reels I've ever seen. And you know, it won it it it, it helped me on in an underdog tournament. So that's why we don't slant, we don't slander Mike Evans on the show. We say all good things about Mike Evans. That's what we do. I'll I'll ride with you here, even though that that performance like hurt me in a few leagues. Like it the, destroyed me from making champions championships that to, to, to get some really serious bread. But I mean, you you came out, you know, you made a, a lot of bread because of that game because of Brady and Evans. So. I, I support you here, man. Yeah, we 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 we. There's not a bad thing to say about Mike Evans, for as long as he continues to play NFL football, and you know, nine straight years of over a thousand yards, and he's going for number ten this year. I think doesn't he already have the NFL record of consecutive, or, or, or will this be the NFL record? I think this will be the NFL record, I believe. Yeah, uh, it's 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 crazy. It doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. He's played with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's played with Jameis Winston. He's played with the legendary Tom Brady. It doesn't matter who he's throwing the ball to or who's throwing the ball to him. He's going to produce, and he continues to show us that. Um, and I think his Vegas total is like eight seventy-five or something like that. And it's a low—I think it's a lower total um, than what we're accustomed to seeing. But I'm taking the over. 
taking the over. You take the over on that. You, you, a guy that continue, continuously produces year in and year out, um, 10th and dot, 7th and air yards. His target share is, has never been relatively that high. Um, target share and target rate haven't really, really been that high, but he gets yards and he scores touchdowns. That's what that's what you get. You know what you're getting with Mike Evans. You're not going to get a, a complete target volume uh, monster like like that. You'll probably get more volume and more in a higher target share with Chris Godwin and more short area catches and more short area, you know, opportunities. But more down the field stuff. That's Mike Evans. That's where my money is. And I got plenty of Mike Evans on underdog. What What about you? What do you think about this receiving room? Um, I think it's very it's a very concentrated receiver room. We should see majority of these targets go to Mike Evans and Godwin. Like you said, it should be <laughs> in terms of the yards and targets and, and uh receptions, we might see a little downgrade uh going from Tom Brady, even like down in the dumps Brady going down to to Baker Mayfield. So Baker Mayfield, even the deep targets percentage last year was was only nine percent, which was seventh lowest. So for somebody like Mike Evans, he might have to really be really sufficient efficient with the you know the the air yards that he gets from him because he you know Mike Evans is always usually top 10 top 12 in terms of a dot and air yards uh every year so I think he's gonna have to be really efficient with those because of Baker Mayfield's ability or none of uh in terms of throwing deep yeah and then you, you have the tight end room it's K dot and tight end 36 okay I mean it's See the, the the thing is with this one though, like I feel like he's just being completely overlooked. He's being completely overlooked because again, this is this is a kind of an opportunity where you know you're 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 obviously you're going from Brady to uh to, to Baker Mayfield. So everybody is expecting this offense to just be terrible, putrid, pungent, every neg every negative adjective you can point to, they're expecting this offense to be shit, pure shit. But they have to throw the ball. They have to they have to throw the ball. They're expected to be bad. They're going to be trailing. So they're going to be passing the ball a lot. And their offensive line did their offensive line just significantly improve overnight? I don't think so. I don't think they did. I mean, it, it, unless I'm missing something. They had two players. They were they were pretty much out for the year uh, coming back. But I don't think they're going to be like world beaters. But they should be a little bit better. I know they're getting Tristan Warps. Tristan Warps is is obviously a, a mainstay there. He's he's yeah. an elite offensive lineman. But they're going to have to throw the ball. And Kate Kate Otten's not a bad tight end. I mean, so I mean, again, like this is this is this. These are some of the value type situations that you just you you can take advantage of. And I, I think, yeah. you know, if you're trying to do a, a three tight end build at some point, you can take some shots at on, on Kate Otten. I mean it's it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the, the the worst thing in the world. I mean he was number five in red zone targets last year. Right. And so he can he 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 was commanding targets when it, whenever you got closer and closer to the goal line and he ran the seventh most routes at the position last year. So these are a couple of things to keep in mind with with K dot. He's tight end thirty six. I mean, is there any reason why he should be going? Like, where where do they add in the tight end room that's making that's pushing K dot like all the way down? Like, what what did they do in, of significance last year? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, that this this is his. I mean, he's got the he's the starting tight end, and he should be commanding some targets. I mean, that's I, I'm just I'm just trying to wrap my head around why he's going so late. But yeah. We're, we're talking about a tight end on a, on a potential bottom 10 offense. Hey, uh, I, I guess I get it. 
in in a way I get it. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. just but it, but it's again it's something to think about. It's something to think about. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. That's an NFC South. Again, we, I know we've been talking about a lot about underdog. There's a lot of underdog drafts are going on right now. They still got the weekly winners. They still got the best ball mania four. I know they got a couple other ones uh, that got going for their cheap cheap tournament. So just overall, if you haven't been on underdog, use our promo code OTLFF. You can use that code to you know get a, up to 100% deposit match up to $100. If you put at least $10, you get into the Destination David Discord. Uh, year long where we'll be talking about you know roster strategy draft strategy dropping projections where we think people are going to finish or whatnot and you know just overall try to help you know attack these tournaments and hopefully win win one of them so we can we can brag about like we came from this group of people so uh make sure to tap into the all gas newsletter that we drop every friday with all the you know creators under the destination devi uh umbrella uh make sure you follow us on twitter at off the line ff uh, you can catch us now on these uh, TikTok streets and and uh, we got YouTube shorts that we we drop too. So make sure you tap in with us with, you know, with all the content that we're dropping uh, coming hit up that, for the new year. Hit that follow and subscribe button if you can. We appreciate it. We appreciate any and all feedback. We appreciate y'all tuning in and tapping in, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. So until next week, we'll holler at y'all. We'll be talking about another another uh the the best division to talk about, uh, I use that loosely, really meaning the one probably the worst division to talk about for fantasy purposes. So, yeah. if you can't guess by now, it's the AFC South. So, <laughs> but make sure you tune in. Make sure you tune in for that. So, until then, we'll holler at y'all. Peace. <laughs>